The book was where she had left it, on a corner of a large work table. A drawing, a charcoal sketch, still lay on the desk by the window. Rachel lifted it now and carefully slipped it into a slim portfolio. As she did, her mind's eye recreated the image her sliver of charcoal had made, that of a man sprawled in a tangle of sheets. Had it not been for the hair, it might have been an innocent exercise in drawing the human form. The hair, though, was dark and just a little too long on the neck. The identity was unmistakable. This figure had a name. Better the girls shouldn't see. Taking care to tuck that last portfolio behind the desk, she retrieved the book and hurried back through the house. She gave the girls quick kisses, promised to be home by eleven, and went out to her car. When Jack McGill's phone rang at two in the morning, the sound cut sharply into the muted world of a soupy San Francisco night. He had been lying in bed since twelve, unable to sleep. The sudden sound jolted already jittery nerves. In the time that it took him to grab for the phone, a dozen jarring thoughts came and went. He didn't know the voice. It was female and strained. Is this Jack McGill? Yes. I'm Catherine Evans, one of Rachel's friends. There's been an accident. She's at the hospital in Monterey. I think you should come. Jack sat up. What kind of accident? Her car was hit and went off the road. His stomach nodded. What road? Were the girls with her? Highway 1, and no, she was alone. Relief. The girls were safe, at least. She was near Rocky Point on her way to Carmel. A car rammed her from behind. The impact pushed her across the road and over the side. Jack's feet hit the floor. The knot in his stomach tightened. She's alive, Jack. Only a few broken bones, but she hasn't woken up yet. The doctors are worried about her brain. Worried how? Bruising and swelling. He pushed a hand through his hair. The disquieting thoughts about work that had kept him awake were gone, replaced by a whole different swarm. The girls, Jack started to ask. The friend completed Jack's thought for him. They're still home. Rachel was on her way to book group. When nine o'clock came and she hadn't shown up, I called the house. Samantha said she'd left at seven, so I called the state police. They told me there'd been an accident and had identified her car. They were still trying to get her out of it at that point and didn't know how she was. So I called her neighbor, Duncan Bly. He went down to sit with the girls. I called them a little while ago to say she's okay, but I didn't tell them about the head injury and I didn't know whether to tell Duncan to drive them up here to the hospital. That's not my decision to make. No, it was Jack's. Divorce or no divorce, he was the girl's father. Clamping the phone between shoulder and jaw, he reached for his jeans. I'm on my way. I'll call Samantha and Hope from the car. Rachel's in emergency now, Jack. Check in there. Right. Thanks. He hung up, realizing that he couldn't remember her name, this friend of Rachel's. But it was the least of his worries, the very least. He zipped his jeans and reached for a shirt. Things were bad at the office and bad in the field. He was living an architect's nightmare, needed in both places come morning. And then there was Jill. Tonight was the charity dinner that she had been working on for so long. And he was heading south to God only knew what, for God only knew how long. But Rachel was hurt. 
You're not married to her anymore, his alter ego said. But he didn't miss a beat stuffing his shirt into his jeans and his feet into loafers. You don't owe her a thing, man. She was the one who walked out. But she was hurt, and he had been called, and depending on what he found in Monterey, there would be arrangements to make for the girls. Within minutes, he was backing out the car and speeding down Filbert. Pressing numbers by feel on his car phone, he called information. He was heading south on Van Ness by the time he got through to the hospital in Monterey. Several nerve-wracking minutes later, he connected with a nurse in the emergency room. Mr. McGill, she's in surgery. That's about all we know at this point. Is she conscious? She wasn't when they took her upstairs. What's the surgery for? Would you hold a minute? I'd rather not. The sudden silence at the other end said he had no choice. He'd had no choice when Rachel had moved out six